Hello, hello. My name is Richard Xavier. I'm sitting here with Steve Emmerich and the wonderful members of Dirt Wire in town tonight for our show at the Bluebird. Hi, guys. How are you doing? Now, if you wouldn't mind to take just one second to introduce yourself, I'm sure most of our fans know who you are as a group, but maybe not individually. So could we maybe go around the room really quickly and just introduce ourselves? My name's Evan Fraser. I'm in Dirtwire. Mark Rebley, I'm also in Dirtwire. My name is David Satori, and I'm in the Dirtwire as well. <laughs> and most of you should know Steve Emmerich, also here, guest uh Second time in a row now. We're getting lots of Steve action. Yeah, I'm not in Dirt Wire. <laughs> not yet. Tonight. Tonight yeah. we are. <laughs> so to get this uh, party started, I actually have a very genuine question for you, um, which is the name Dirt Wire is so specific and unique. Where did that come from? It came from me and Evan. Just like we were, I remember we were sitting in uh, my apartment in this warehouse in in the Vulcan I remember we were working on some of the early the first recordings and we're like what do we what is this stuff and uh so we were just thinking about descript descriptive words for the music you know well it's like we like we're we're thinking about how like what kind of descriptive words would we use to make a cool band name like oh let's think about dirt we want it to be like a dirty sound but like even like wires electric like we're like huh I just remember that, like we were thinking about the descriptions of this name of the band that we wanted to name, and then we named it. Then it just sort of popped out. Chain link fence was already taken. Right, chain link fence was already taken. Yeah. Dirt yeah. pony. Dirt Acoustic pony. organic. Dirt wire. Yeah. And for people who might not have seen you perform live yet, can you describe a little bit of your onstage setup? Because I know you've got some instruments not everybody gets to see all the time. And I would hate to use the incorrect terms for, is it a banjo? Is it a, what, how do we describe all the awesome instruments you guys bring to the stage? Um, there's a lot of instruments. We've actually lost count. And there's <laughs> always more coming in, so we don't bother keeping track. But um, yeah, David plays the guitar Joe, which is a banjo guitar. Um, I play the Kamala Ningoni. I'll say that again. We're going to have to do that twice. Kamala Ningoni. It's from Burkina Faso and Mali, West Africa. And it's a African harp. It has fishing line strings with um, a gourd body, which is related to a squash and pumpkins. So sometimes I call it my electric pumpkin. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's an African harp and it has goat skin on it. And uh, I play harmonica and melodica and we played we all played jaw harps with these mouth instruments called jaw harps or jews harps or um scotia pensieri if you speak italian which means the banisher of thought <laughs> another new one is the siberian ghost catcher that's a, that's another mouth instrument that uh that mark siberian plays. Mark? ghost catcher yeah played by uh, shamans in Siberia to communicate with ghosts and insects. Wow. It's actually not meant to be played publicly. <laughs> and yet here we are. I'm not going to live very long. <laughs> yeah. What about what other new ones? Yeah, you got some new ones. Are there nodded swarm players in South India that play the 
really high pressure reed instruments. Uh, yeah, they die. Yeah, they yeah. die young because yeah. it's so intense. There's so much pressure they build up that they die at like 35. So they just what? smoke and drink and party. They don't just don't get it. <laughs> yeah. They've been playing since they were six. You know, they're wow. born into it. You know, it's like. Yeah. yeah, isn't that crazy? The yeah. DJs think they're the party monsters. <laughs> yeah. Little did they know. Yeah. We also play uh, overtone flutes. One is just a PVC pipe from Home Depot that I made. And the other one that Mark plays is called the Fujara or Futuhara. What's yeah, it called? Yeah, Fujara. Yeah. Fujara. That's from uh, Czechoslovakia or something. Yeah, yeah, Eastern Europe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Pete got from a Russian guy, not Shauna. Yeah. Shout out. And you also were. I was marveling about one of your instruments today. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Tell me about that. Well, instrument. remember we were talking about it because yeah, of the Whamola. Yeah. Yeah, he has a, he has a Whamola. Yeah, it's yeah. What's that? Uh, it was an instrument that was given to Les Claypool, actually, when he was out on the road with Primus or the Frog Brigade or whatever, and somebody actually handed it to him. It's basically a, a piece of wood. Uh, with one string, and then what's the thing called at the, the top? Like a pitch? Yeah, handle? yeah it's got this handle at the top <laughs> that affects the pitch, and yeah, you right, yeah, play it with uh, uh, with a <laughs> drumstick, yeah. and it makes this really funky, weird sound. And actually, Les Claypool was given it, and he turned around to give the guy some merch, just saying thank you, and the people were gone. Yeah. So he still doesn't even know who gave him this instrument. And I saw you have one of those, yeah. which is fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah. I love that origin yeah. story. That's amazing. I know. Our buddy uh, Bryn Levinson uh, makes them, and he's the guy who does all the art for Dirtwire as well, or like oh, most of our uh, album covers. Yeah. I love your art, yeah, actually. You incredible art, Very memorable. Sure. Awesome. Yeah, check him out, Bryn Levinson. And what do you play, David? I play uh, the guitar, Joe, banjo, guitar, and a five string electric violin. I play a little red pocket trumpet. I play a little mbira. It's a thumb piano. I play some snare drum and. Yeah, I think that's tomato can. I'm gonna start. I'm, I'm gonna bring the tomato can in. I met this uh, blind Tuareg uh, musician who's who's my new guru. He's a. I want to go. Uh, just I, I I recorded him and I want to <coughs> learn his how to play like he plays and bring it into the band one day. Yeah, you, you should play some tomato can like right now. Yeah. Like, like on my phone. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, I'll, I'll pull it up like while while, while we're talking. Yeah, it's like literally a tomato sound. can yeah. with a stick and a wire, and he plays yeah. it with a stick. I think I should do yeah, that stuff. it's the real dirt wire. If this was literally any other band in the world right now, I would. This podcast would be, be so over, over right now. Jay, <laughs> <laughs> your goddamn tomato can bullshit. And get the fuck out of here. But so while we're picking up the tomato can um, uh, recording. I have to ask, uh, where does the love and knowledge of all these different instruments come from? I mean, I've definitely, this is the first interview we've ever done that I've had anyone mention anywhere near this many different kinds of instruments. Um, how did you discover these and what point did these cross your path? Well, I, I mean, the, the toy megaphone I just found in a thrift store for $2. <laughs> I was in Salvation sure. Army, I found it. Oh, here's the tomato can. Here right, it is. Right, tomato can. This is like a little, just a little. Oh, oh that's a real it's little. Like, it's like going through distortion. He's a blind man playing a tomato can with a stick at bowing it, and it sounds like heavy metal. And he's got that's a pickup. Yeah, it's a, there's a pickup. There's on a pickup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So amazing. with distortion. Well, we all met at, at California Institute of the Arts, where we studied world music. 
and um, we got access to a lot of different music cultures and these guys have all we've all traveled around the world a bit and collected instruments for a, a while now so they've all just accumulated and we love um, paying respects to different music cultures and you know drawing inspiration from each of them to uh, make our music yeah, I got a good story about Evan when he came. Uh, I was there a year before, and there was there was all this buzz. There's like, have you seen this guy Evan? I was like, no. He's like, yeah, dude, this guy's crazy. He plays this jar harp thing, and I was like, really? And like, and then so, at some point there was a party, and someone like, grabbed me. They're like, he's outside playing jar harp, and I was like, I ran outside, and there's this group of people. It was like this primal gathering. Yeah. Just and the Evans in the middle. I was like, what the fuck? It's amazing. You guys are all then college friends. Yeah, we all nice. went to college together. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So yeah. tell me a little bit more about this um, Hogwarts for musicians. Uh, where is this <laughs> school located? Yeah. That's, yeah. Sort of, that's actually what it's like. It's a weird. Uh, have you ever seen um, Edward or uh, what's it called? Yeah, Edward yeah. Scissorhands. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's like the 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 guy who uh, Danny Elfman went to Cal Arts and he like sort of thought of the school Cal Arts as that weird castle on the hill overlooking <laughs> this crazy suburban landscape because that's what it is it's this like freaky fortress of artists or tim burton yeah danny elfman did the music yeah, but they both went there too they both went to cal arts yeah those are like our two two of our favorite alumni there and uh and peewee herman he's like our alumni yes. ruben that is a name? roster paul rubens yeah. we smoked pot with him got him. scott peewee to come to burning man like yeah. mid-aughts yeah. And do full peewee. It would have uh, been amazing. Yeah. You gotta mention David Hasselhoff. Oh yeah, oh, ha -ha How could you the... not mention David Hasselhoff? <laughs> Why did it take this long? <laughs> <laughs> so where is this school located? It's about half yeah. an hour north of Hollywood. Um, yeah, it's in the Santa, Cl Santa Clarita. Valencia. You know where Six Flags is when you're driving down? I do. Yeah, it's right there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So how did you guys come across the school? Are you guys all from the Southern California area, or did you come from other places to go to school there? We're actually all from different islands. Um, I'm from Orcas Island, which is on the Canadian border in Washington State. and um, I'm from uh, Grand Isle up in Lake Champlain in Vermont. So, yeah, I grew up there. I'm from Bainbridge Island, across from Seattle. Wow, this is like an origin story made for like a comic book or something. Yeah. <laughs> island boys. So you're, sit, you're yeah. so you're sitting in the Canadian Isles, yeah. and um, how did you come across this school, or was it recommended to you? Were you always musically oriented, or how did you find yourself in Southern California going to the Edward Scissorhands Hogwarts of musicians? <laughs> it, had a, it had a pretty interesting reputation as a real countercultural radical school you know especially back even in the in the 80s it was it was just uh pretty anti-authoritarian they did things their own way there was like a witchcraft class that had an orgy as the final exam <laughs> like yeah. an actual pagan orgy yeah it, all sorts of crazy shit wow. so it had a great it, you know it had to like run away and join the circus kind of vibe. yeah I love my alma mater, but I feel like I made a grave mistake here by not attending this. So what would a day, I'm sorry, I'm going to be hung up on the school situation for a minute. Uh, what would a day in the life of a music student look like for you guys? We got like an 8 a.m. biochem class or yeah, yeah, like walk us through this. Started definitely at 12. I think theory at 10 a.m. was the right. tough oh, one yeah, to make. Yeah, music theory. Oh, Sargon. Yeah, that was. 
Music theory, uh, what, ear training and skills yeah. at, at 11. And then um, and so many. It was a, I was like a kid in the candy store. There was so many classes. It just, it was amazing. Like, you have all these different music cultures. We got the jazz department, the classical department, the Balinese department, the Javanese department, the North Indian department, the, class, uh, the South Indian department, the... Um, North Ghanaian West African music program and then AOA music program. So it was all colliding and everybody's cross pollinating and learning about all these different rhythms and music scales and ragas and it it was it's really special it's still a really special place and it keeps turning out amazing artists. It's like a revolving door of amazing people. Who else do you know that is um graduated or come from there since you guys have left um one guy who was like big <clears throat> or became big he was an art student in the in the indie rock band ariel pink have you heard of oh, this guy yeah, totally. yeah he yeah. like he'd be, he was just like this weird artist dude and then yeah. <clears throat> what's the, fits in the tantrums? fits in the tantrums yeah, yeah they yeah they are that sax player is a good friend of ours <clears throat> they're killer huge James right? King. Yeah. yeah well we're gonna um, dive more into this um origin story that's fit for a comic book movie deal here in just a minute we got to go to a short break so don't turn off the podcast bacon visit renotaho.com renotaho doesn't do one dimensional this is where the nation's largest alpine lake collides with the biggest little city in the world it's where you can see and be near anything as long as you're fueled by ambition where majestic mountains converge on high desert where wildlife meets urban grit where you can crowd surf all night and snowboard all day check out the playa art park in downtown reno featuring burning man sculptures or bicentennial park by the river there's awe-inspiring larger than life murals throughout downtown and midtown if craft beer and locally distilled spirits pique your interest the small batch movement is embraced here with more than 30 choices a fun night out is never far away the outdoor adventures are off the chart kayak in the heart of reno and sparks hike up to 10,000 feet and see the beauty of lake tahoe or mountain bike on some of the best terrain on the continent in reno's hip riverwalk and midtown districts enjoy dining with locally sourced food art galleries boutiques and unique bars so what's first check out visit renotaho.com to discover your next adventure and we are back here on the fresh bacon podcast i am sitting down with the three amazing members of dirt wire americana rock um barbed wire fence bands <laughs> and we are diving into a little bit of the backstory of how these guys met at uh, the cal or cal cal arts cal arts um, is it an institute? Is it Cal Arts College? What do we? Yeah, California Institute of the Arts. For everyone that's <laughs> running to go apply now, like me, after this podcast. Um, so, how did you guys actually meet? Other than we've got the one party in which the what were we talking about the the Jaw Heart. I've got a cool story about how I met Mark. He was he was sitting outside of this music hall called the ROD Music Hall, um, the Royal Disney Music Hall. And he was barefoot, and the sun was going down. And he had this crazy instrument I'd never seen before. That he called it the Coney thingy, which I think it was some kind of uh, descendant of the jelly Ningoni that he got on his travels to West Africa. And I was just hanging out, sitting down there and listening to him. And we just kind of hit it off and started jamming. And, uh, yeah, then we had all sorts of cool stairway jams. Because the stairwell have um, 
the stairwell has really good acoustics and so we got a lot of inspiration from hanging out in there and jamming for hours I remember walking <clears throat> walking by those stairwell jams and just being like, wow, I wish I could jam with those cool guys in the stairwell. I don't, I don't know them that well. So, uh-huh. They're quietly jamming. Yeah. I, was, I was in the hallway like, but <clears throat> I remember meeting Evan um, just by like chance of Mudhouse. I think that's how we started. Like we had this funk band called Mudhouse. I don't know if it's Dirtwire or Mudhouse. <laughs> we just like it dirty and muddy. I don't know. It was a funk band and I think you yeah, you're just the keyboard player. That's how I remember meeting you. Yep. That's yeah. Yeah. Played Rhodes and Clavinet. Clavinet, yeah. Yeah. And then we we played in a band for a couple of years called The Funnies, which was like a quartet like funk experimental band that toured around psychedelic liquid space funk psychedelic <laughs> that's right there's a hashtag for you yeah. and how many more incarnations did it take before the current dirt wire assembly came together here well david and i have been touring we toured we started this group like what well, we started the recordings that we put out like 2006 7 it's been like 10 years be careful now yeah don't 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 <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but like we didn't do, we didn't like start actually performing and doing shows until like four years ago. It was like when we were like 2012. Was that four years ago? No, that was six years ago. We've been making work. music for a long time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then we added Mark. What? Two years ago now? Yeah, yeah, two years, yeah. So I actually yeah. added myself. <laughs> he hijacked, he totally yeah. hijacked the band. I was like, Dave and I had a group called Golden Lips of Silence, and it was a DJ sort of project. And I was, I like, I was, I was like, that's kind of a long story, but I was like, I'm fucking over music, man. Yeah. I'm not doing it anymore. And I went and I was like, I'm gonna become a programmer. And so I started programming. And I was happily programming and like thinking like, oh, good music's behind me. Now I can be free. Yeah. And then one day, <laughs> this Facebook ad pops up for Envision Festival in Costa Rica. And they, there's like a surf break. Yeah. And it, like there's a sound system yeah. on the beach. Yeah. And I'm like, what is this place? Yeah. And then I see Dirtwire. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> and I totally broke. And I was like, Dave. And you're like, oh, hey, Mark. I haven't talked to you in like months. Yeah. You know? and I'm like, can you get Golden Lips a spot? Right. And you're like, I probably could get like a throwaway. I'm like, yeah, I am there. <laughs> <laughs> and I just never went away. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Then he, we, we did a Golden Lips of sound thing, but we, then we somehow did a collaboration yeah, yeah, with yeah, him. Wave it, wave it. We had a Kumbia song, and then he like sort of slid his way in like pro- collaborating on that. He's like, and then, and then I'll just, I'll play it with you guys on stage. And we're like, okay. We want to invite a very special friend of ours, Mark Redley, out here, and I'd come out and play Maracas. I think the thing I've learned from this podcast so far is I've done everything wrong. Oh. I've done some maracas. I went to the wrong school. Come on, man. And so other than Dirtwire, um, what other projects are the three of you involved in at this time? These, these guys got started a new band. Yeah, we did. We started a new band called Beats Antique. Oh! Jing, jing, jing. Oh, it just got kicked out, I guess. I just, this is new. Oh, shit. Wow, this is news. Yeah, so, um, uh, 
Dave's in Beats Antique, and Evan and I have started another group called Soul Norda, which is us and singer Emma, Lucia, and uh, yeah, we are the, we're the off-season. Beats goes out <laughs> on the road, Soul Norda goes out too. That's right. <laughs> That's how it works. Yeah. I'm also in a few other bands, called um, one's called the Dogon Lights, and uh, I've been in groups called Hamsa Lila over the years. Um, yeah, Bolo, what else, Stella Mara. Yeah. Diff- different groups. You're in yeah, Dogon in like Lights. Nine yeah. That's like rock and roll band, yes? It's, or am I thinking we've been calling it Afro Galactic Hip Hop. Okay. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> so the African feel more. <laughs> the first time I ever saw human Afro beings contact dance was uh. at a Hamza Leela show at Birdie Man. <laughs> where I looked over and I was like, what is this dust cloud? And people were like, they're contact dancing. And I was like, but they're on the ground. <laughs> like, rolling around. And they're like, that's just Hamza Leela fans. <laughs> but that was, I mean, that was, I, that was like, my, my first Birdie Man was 2001, where I saw right. that. Oh, yeah, man. totally. Cool, yeah, it was awesome. That was a special year. Yeah, yeah. totally. That was a senior yeah. year, under the sea, right? So I think the yeah. second year yeah. was the floating world one, yeah. Oh, okay. Totally. Yeah. But, yeah. It's awesome. Sunrise sets. That's yeah. a, that's actually where I feel like I met Mark is at Burning Man. That's where I feel like we met. Yeah, like we really that. That's when we connected. Yeah. Like we yeah. knew who we, we yeah. were. Like we, but we never really hung out. Like just you and me yeah. at Cal Arts. We were hanging out at parties and stuff. We just showed up on the fly yeah. and we're like, let's go. Right. <laughs> and we had, we had drums and we literally just played drums like for that whole week no, and just stopped. nonstop. Yeah, that first yeah. year, ninety nine. Yeah, ninety nine. Ninety nine. Like back when there was nothing going on. On like Monday, except for a drum yeah. circle. Yeah, yeah you know, totally. Right? Was a big yeah, thing, you know, like, yeah. Right the drum circle. I remember that they had like drum circle, like a whole thing out in the middle of the playa where there'd be like a fire in the yeah. middle. Oh right. And then yeah, yeah totally. That yeah. was I totally remember that. I never saw that after my first year. Yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. center camp. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I didn't. We had a great first moment, uh, playa moment. Uh, within the first hour, he climbed on our car that was driving by, <laughs> and it was a bar, and you know, it's all crazy and everything. And we're playing drums and not looking at what's going on in the sun setting. And then at some point, we realize that we're in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. And there's nobody driving this car. <laughs> yeah. And it just is gone. And Burning Man's like five miles behind us. <laughs> and we're just like, okay. And it was on this big arc. And over hours, it slowly arced around on its own. And eventually, like by morning, came back into the... Did you say no one was driving? Yeah, nobody's yeah, they, driving. It was just yeah. going. It was a raging party, like 100 <laughs> yeah. people. They had it like a stick in the wheel yeah. or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's great. Yeah. Oh, wow, when Burning Man used to be really unsafe. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that my first memory was of like that morning waking up there and going to the hot springs. There was no trash fence. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it was like I was 19. I was like, oh my god, this is amazing. It was my girlfriend. Like this is so powerful. We like go out. We're like mad maxing out in the in the dust. Yeah. yeah. Like literally the first hours I, I was awake and I we get to see this box coming closer and closer, this little black box. We're like, what is that? What is that? I was like, oh, it's a car flipped up on its side. Wow. And there's a dude half alive under like he like got the car flipped up and landed on him. Oh my god. And he's like yeah. barely alive and like all these weird New York artists are like running around like, What do we do? And like <laughs> oh it was like god. the most surreal, like craziest experience. Yeah, yeah. And he died at the end of the day. Yo, beer yeah, can, yeah, cool. beer cans are everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Wow. that's crazy. It's so weird. Were you? Yeah. Did, did you see yeah, that? Yeah, I was there. You were there. Yeah, oh yeah. Crazy. Yeah, that, that would be when like there would be you would just walk down Esplanade and things, it would just be dark. Yeah. Like, yeah. Some right. There would just be yeah. nothing happening and it was just completely dark and yeah. huge blocks. That was right. a crazy time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 
Yeah. yeah. I the Hell Year sounded pretty amazing. I think it was 90, eight, eight, 98 seven? or something, uh, was it? Yeah. Some, I don't know, but it was, the theme was hell. That's just crazy. <laughs> That's just, it should just do that every year. Yeah, it should be. Yeah. So, Dirt <laughs> Wire, almost. Yeah. Dirt Wire doesn't play Burning Man, do they? We have. No, we've done oh, I did DJ sets. Oh, I, uh, Mark has a good story about our. Yeah, no, we, <laughs> we played Tommy from Beats Antique actually. Oh right, Sidecar Tommy yeah. sat in with Dirtwire. We played live oh, on wow. the Esplanade Re- Re- Reverbia. Yeah, Reverbia, like two, three years ago or something. Yeah. Years ago. Yes. yeah. Are you guys going this year? Ah, uh, there's talk, but I don't. I don't. We. It's like a last minute thing right now. People offer us sets and tickets, and if it yeah. works out. That weekend we have a festival, so we just go for a couple days in the week. Mm. We might be able to be enticed. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> For Ooh, all y'all listening out there. <laughs> yeah, any RVs, like nice RVs <laughs> that will have extra king beds in them <laughs> and food <laughs> laying over. Yeah, like a couple spare tickets. Yeah. <laughs> any pilots that are flying out of you know, San Francisco. I still have not got to do that one yet. That's yeah. my. I, I might just fly in and fly out just for yeah. the fun of it. I've gone enough. I, were, I think it's worth Like It's sort of like a. After you've done your time, yeah. <laughs> it's like you get to you get to fly into Burning Man. Yeah. What's the festival that you're performing at? That that's the same weekend. It's called Shangri La. It's in Minnesota. It's uh these uh these group of promoters and they're, they're they're definitely like the burner vibe out there in Minnesota. Yeah, Shangri La for everybody yeah. that's stuck on the East Coast and not coming yeah. all the way out for Burning Man. Yeah. Go get your. That's a Dirtwire date or a Beats Antique date? Dirtwire. Beats Antique's playing another festival that same weekend. I don't know what it's called. i got to find out. We can check the Beats Antique <laughs> website <Sorry>. for <laughs> dates. Go to BeatsAntique.com. Very close to my heart. Well, I was trying to um, steer a little bit away from the Beats Antique stuff because I'm sure that you get asked about it all the time. And Yeah, we're going to have to have you stop asking. <laughs> Dude, those hand motions. Yeah, yeah. Hey, you see me like come doing like, like the cut to the neck thing right here? <laughs> Management has said specifically. Yeah. No talk no, 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 it's all good. What, what's, what's up? Oh, no, just in general, I think that the Dirtwire um, concept, the art, the performance, everything about it is so great. And um, I think that it would be selling it short to just call it a Beats Antique side project or something along those lines. Yeah. I just do that to annoy these guys. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's just, it's just like a power play, really. So, yeah, it's my side project. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. To talk about this. Yeah. <laughs> to talk about it. Well, it's actually. I don't, it's yeah. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I actually try not to say a side project because it's been we've de- it's developed by itself over these past couple years playing so much that like yeah it's definitely like a a parallel project. I think that's a great way to that's a great way to describe it considering how different they are, but also how and I hate this word so much, but unique. Both projects re- truly are um, in the scene, and so anyway, not to overshadow Beats Antique too much or say anything um, negative in that direction. However, I'm interested in talking a little bit more about the idea of side projects and um, keeping your calendar full year round. It sounds like between the two, I mean, are you on the road just nonstop all the time? Yeah, or? and I have another band too called Sweet Snacks. Which I'd actually like to promote more than both of these bands right now. Yes, and they played the balance. I remember. Yeah, and we have a song that I'd like to just play for you guys right now. Yeah. 
Well, that's um, actually perfect because we uh, need to go to a break here okay. in just a moment. <laughs> and instead of listening to a Dirt Wire track, we can listen to some sweet snacks. <laughs> um, shout out to Jessica for having to figure out what to put here in this next commercial break. But we will be right back, so don't turn off the podcast. Bacon. The Fresh Bacon Podcast is brought to you in part by Natasha's World Jewelry. Natasha has traveled the globe in pursuit of the world's most beautiful jewelry. From the exotic rainforests of Thailand and Bali to the ancient architectures of Spain and Ireland, her journeys have led her to the discovery of artists from across the globe who specialize in handcrafted necklaces, bracelets, rings, pendants, and other unique body adornments. Some of the designers you will find at Natasha's World Jewelry include... Uno de Sequenta. Also known as Uno de 50, these handcrafted designs are the hottest wearable art styles from Madrid, Spain. Firefly. Created in Guatemala, these intricate handmade mosaic jewelry pieces are created using South American design techniques that have been passed down for generations. Janice Carson. Handcrafted silver with stunning gemstones forged in the Indonesian island of Bali. Ayala Bar. Inspiring designs from the heart of Israel. And many more. Natasha's World Jewelry is located inside the Meadowood Mall and online 24-7 at natashasworldjewelry.com. Shop online anytime at www.natashasworldjewelry.com. We are back here on the Fresh Bacon Podcast, and we got a surprise for you. That did not go the way I thought it was about to go. And I'm really excited about it. <laughs> that was so, so That's sweet snacks, yeah. I think that just made my whole day. Yeah. That. It is sweet snacks do like the, um, it was that Golden Lips of Silence that did like the LIB theme song one Sweet year. Snacks, yeah. Look up, if you look up Sweet Snacks, Lightning in a Bottle theme, we did the official Lightning in a Bottle theme song, 2010. And you did the, yeah. was that the cops, the one about the cops too? No, that's Who gold, was, that's that gold on the silence. silence. Yeah. <laughs> that's Playa Police, when the Playa? police, yeah. Yeah, I was a fill-in, I was a scab for a sex shirt <laughs> in China. Yeah. yeah. And one of my best David memories is going to Tiananmen Square and there being police everywhere, you know, it's like super intense. And Dave's like, let's do it. He puts on a horse head mask and roller skates. It says roller skating through Tiananmen Square. He's like, film this. <laughs> and they were like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, who are you? We're going to shoot you in the head. And David actually like stopped and talked to them and negotiated more horse mask roller skating in Tiananmen Square. That's, that's, that's a David story special. Hey. And this is all available to view on YouTube, I believe. No, that that we still have that footage. That's gonna come out in 2020. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's a long. That's a long game. I'm a little bummed out because I was about to rush over to YouTube for that one. Yeah. But Playa Police is also amazing, and look that one up if you're not driving or operating a motor vehicle while listening to this podcast. Oh, yeah, uh, there's stories about people. Like at parties, thinking that was real, that the police were really there, <laughs> freaking out and yeah. scattering. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I would love yeah. That. yeah. Oh man, that would that would be a sight to that behold. Be good, yeah. 
But while we're talking about releases and music and music videos, um, what is your current release that is out and about that everybody should go pick up from iTunes, Amazon, or their preferred music distributor? Yeah. Blaze is our new album. We, we Last year we came out with two albums, Showdown and then Blaze. So it's on Spotify and it's, it's all over. We got Spotify Showdown. Albums. We got Blaze. What are some of the other albums? Because they're all great. Don't just go get the the newest one. Go get all of them. What else are we looking for out there? Uh, the original one, um, we just call it Debut. I guess it's just self-titled Dirtwire. Then there's The Carrier and there's Riptide. And there's another one called Ondar. We featured a, we got to collaborate with a really special and amazing throat singer from Tuva um, named Congo Ondar. And so we made an EP featuring him. Wow. I'm so excited for this show tonight already. <laughs> but, um, and all of this stuff is available on your website, I'm sure, also. Yeah, dirtwire.net. And in case you're um, texting and driving or on Instagram, uh, where can people find you there as well? Yeah, Dirtwire at Dirtwire Instagram. Dirtwire everything. Yeah, it's probably not a lot of competition yeah. Yeah, yeah. for that one. There actually is a bud dude that a bike, like a BMX like biking dude. But um, shout out to him. And uh, let's let's collaborate. Let's collaborate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Use our music yeah. for free. Be in our video. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you guys are independently distributed artists. Is that correct? Or are you signed uh, to actually, a label? We're, that's the, the crossover there is like Beats Antique uh, Records is is sort is sort of pushing uh, Dirtwire in that regard of like promotion and Beats Antique sort of building out the record label right now in a more than it has before. So yeah, Beats Antique Records has been putting it out, and then we have some self released as well. Um, can we talk a little bit about what a recording session or what a studio? Um, process would look like for you guys. I'm imagining like lots and lots of instruments in some amazing room somewhere. Where's your studio located? Do you guys have like one central location or how does that work for you? Um, we like to set everything up in, in the Beats Antique Studios actually sometimes and then um, do recording sessions there. Also, we work in our own studios at home and kind of pass files back and forth and overdub that way. Most of our most of, like the our the biggest sessions we've done that we've created most of our tracks have been done on uh, drugs. on drugs <laughs> yeah on really? psilo- yeah psilocybin like uh, we do a lot of our recordings on really high on mushrooms yeah. and see what happens like very like spiritual Except moments for that time that we oh yeah what happened the mushroom chocolates they were actually weed chocolates <laughs> yeah oh god it went very different direction <laughs> advice to everyone about doing that. Just plug everything in first. So, um, to be able to like, for how how bit how many people would you have to have on stage, say, to re- to produce one of these like songs with no computers? Um, you know, because I know there's so much going on on your recordings. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how like could, could is that possible? Can you do it with like not have any kind of you know use any laptop while it's yeah. We told we just did it with Beats Antique. We had a horn section, um, but it was a, that was a different instrumentation. But to remake so like a recording we did, we sometimes we would just need. We could actually do it with the three of us if we played samples. Um, but um, if we had a drummer and like maybe one other person, like a drummer and a dedicated bass player, mm-hmm. we could get really close wow. to re- recreating the whole wow. thing. Then you have to pay a drummer and a bass player. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Economics yeah. of. Yeah. 
music come into play. Uh, so how long does it take for you guys usually to conceive and record an album? Wow. You know, it's different. It's, it's different each time you do it. I mean, now that Mark's in the picture, we busted out two albums last year. Yeah. So that, that was amazing. That Just really very happen. impressive. Yeah. But usually it's like one a year, I suppose. And is there a gap between recording and I, I mean, of course there's mastering and mixing and like that entire situation, but is it a situation where you finish it by the end of the month and it's out the next month or how much time does it usually take to get one of these things off the ground? Way longer than you want it to. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, there's always something to tweak and fix and, and then, and then you finally get to the place where it's like, okay, we're going to let this thing go. And you just have to release it and you let go. And then the music takes on its own life after you're done with it. I'm always fascinated to, to hear the stories of people tell me about, oh, we, we used your music because we were having a child and we needed music while she was giving birth. And wow. It's like, wow, thank you. That's so awesome to hear. What an honor, you know. Yeah, I've had people write me to say they used my music while they were making a child, but <laughs> never, <laughs> never delivering. Well, that too. Have there been any tracks in particular that have kind of been unexpected successes or things that you didn't n realize were going to be popular at the time that have taken off? Yeah, one of our most popular tracks is this is called Sailing the Solar Flares. It's like this real sensitive, like, mellow song you know and i i didn't know that i didn't think that that was gonna be as popular be as a winner is. yeah and now we have to now we think we have to play it every night but you know maybe don't yeah uh what's as far as the shows that you're playing right now are concerned um are you playing like your whole album from start to finish or are you playing kind of a selection from all of your different albums or what does that look like for you guys it's a selection from all different albums and some new stuff that's unreleased um yeah, all different stuff. And uh, as far as touring and where where you guys headed off to, it sounds like you are usually on some adventures, but is there anything in particular that's on the agenda that's really exciting oh, no. that you're allowed to talk about? <laughs> what we want is we really want to talk about one thing, but it's like probably – we it's not fully 100%, but we probably Don't jinx just, it. Just – don't jinx it. I'm a full believer in don't jinx it. As much as I really want in on the. Never mind. Nothing, nothing planned. Yeah, nothing's happening. Well, we know we did. We haven't announced. We don't need to announce the festivals, but we are going to go to Australia in November. That's exciting. That's exciting. Yeah. We can't say what. I'm sure some people can kind of maybe guess. I got a couple ideas that come to mind, but um. Uh, are there any other places that you guys have gotten to go to with your music so far? You were saying something about Kazakhstan earlier. Oh yeah, I don't know about that. No. We really want to <laughs> really get to Europe. <laughs> we really want to go to Europe. Europe. Yeah. Edit. Edit. Delete. I'm sorry. I blew it. Oh, really Will <laughs> this be Dirtwire's first time to Australia? Yeah, this will yeah. be Dirtwire's first time. Awesome. Right? Nice. Great. And Canada, Europe, Mexico, South America? Yeah, actually, well, there's going to be an eclipse in South America in 2020, so we're really starting to plan that, how to get down there and play the festival that honors that eclipse. That does sound exciting. Uh, Do you guys have... Falling in Japan? Sorry, that was no. the room. I kind of feel bad for neglecting the Asian continents in my little list there. <laughs> 
Oh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, we played a weird gig in Japan and and then this crazy yeah. festival in uh, Bali. Yeah. That was fun. Yeah. Crash the Japanese bluegrass scene. Oh, <laughs> oh my god, yeah. Dude, I'm really trying to envision yeah. this. They were oh, yeah. badass. They were, they were, they yeah, were they really were good. So good. Yeah, there's so, a really amazing bluegrass scene in Japan. Wow. It's one of the oldest in the world outside yeah. of the US. Just Google bluegrass police. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bluegrass police. How did we find them again? Like did yeah, they contact they, us? No, no, we, we hit them up. We found them. No, I think they contacted us. They're like we Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then <laughs> I think so. I don't remember, but there's these. Somehow. We basically got in contact with this bluegrass band in Tokyo, and they're like, "Yeah, we'll book you a show." And they booked us a show, and the Bali Festival worked out. So we hopped over to Japan and played this little club with these bluegrass musicians from Japan, who we should get in contact yeah, and they with. Just and it. They were so the banjo player took off his shirt and just started screaming in tongues. Yeah. Like he was like crazy. Yeah, he's like, he was yeah. amazing. They were shredders. And do you all have? You know, you talk about South and like, would you? try and combine that with hooking up with other different musicians on the way down there as far as like other like you know uh, uh, different cultures and different yeah yeah that's definitely something that we've been talking a lot about wanting to do more of like David just went to West Africa and did a lot of yeah let you speak to that. yeah I went to Mali and recorded a bunch of stuff that uh, some of it's going to be used on some dirt wire stuff and used to raise money around a project called the one mic project which i'm working on slowly which is basically the setup in here like a podcast setup a laptop a, a mic and just getting that technology into different communities you know impoverished communities around the world so uh be doing that but the, the whole yeah, caravan down to south america that's another thing that we want to build out and in those in going to different communities in that trip if it all works out you know in mexico guatemala Belize, you know, Nicaragua and do events and that raise money for local communities and raise awareness around the issues that they would benefit the community there. So That's awesome. Yeah. As far as your individual journeys are concerned, uh, how many different places have you guys gotten to explore on your own, not just in related relation to music? Like, like continents? Like people's basements. It just like, <laughs> <laughs> well, it just sounds like it sounds like you guys have gotten to go quite a few places, or is it a situation where you've just managed to get all the instruments from all these countries like imported to your living room somehow? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Amazon. <laughs> oh yeah, I wanted to get a Centur recently. It's this Moroccan bass, you know, and I was all fired up and. I tried to reach some people through some people and some guy, some legend was in town. He made them and like nothing worked. And the only one I could get was off of Etsy. (laughs) 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 And I got this amazing sincere handmade from Morocco from Etsy, which I don't play in band anymore. I play for like one show. Had to have it. I've just been imagining these um, Indiana Jones type quests where <laughs> you guys like swinging through the rainforest yeah. to go get these <laughs> instruments. Totally. No, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, no actually, actually, well, it's not like that, but I did go to Brazil a long time ago and I was in, I fell in love with the sound of the Bidimbao. It's this musical bow they use in Capoeira, some Brazilian martial arts. Anyway, I heard that sound and I, really had to go to Brazil to find one. So I went. I went to Bahia and got one, and I fell in love with Brazilian music and all the rhythms, and that's another... That whole country is just another infinite universe of amazing rhythm and music and style. And 
it's incredible. It's influenced by Africa, but it's definitely got its own thing going on. So that was one trip I made to. It was a musical quest led by my ears. So we got Brazil. You guys obviously got to go to Costa Rica for Envision. Have you done Envision multiple times or just uh, once? I just played it once. I played it a couple times with Beats Antique, but yeah. How was your experience with that? I've wanted to go to this festival so bad, and it seems like a really interesting opportunity. It's beautiful. It's really sweaty, but it's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. It's, it's a really beautifully produced festival. Everything is made of bamboo. The stages, the the water fountains, the vendor booths, the cups and plates, they're all made of bamboo. It's totally sustainable, and uh, there's a lot of permaculture action going on down there. That is not something you hear every day. I was uh, just at Coachella, and the plates were definitely not made out of bamboo. <laughs> nope. <laughs> but, yeah, we've all gone on. Uh, Mark spent some time uh, in India and West Africa yeah. traveling around and doing a lot of crazy adventures. And I just uh, went to India again and went to Africa. And, yeah, just recording and meeting a lot of amazing people. And that's what it's all about. Yeah. For, like That's when it gets down to the core of, like, the influence is, like, really meeting these people and seeing how they live and like understanding the culture from where this the sound comes from because i feel like it's a language it is like it's like an emotional language that, that you tap into that after you end up seeing it and being there and like hanging out and eating with them and sitting down it's like just gets you deeper and deeper into the the language how do you guys find time to go on these adventures i feel like you are performing so much especially with beats antique on top of everything mm. is it something that you like have to structure into your calendar every year yeah. i basically toured straight for 10 years and decided to take a big chunk of time off instead of just resting i went and just traveled like to these different countries and went crazy again <laughs> <laughs> didn't, didn't stop <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, there's little windows. Like when you tour, like you do these crazy tour. Everybody thinks that you're like always touring, but you are. But then you have these like two weeks off, like three weeks off, a month off sometimes. So like there are all these big windows of time off too. Yeah. See, I've just been imagining just the nonstop, especially with you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, when you find some time to uh, relax or recover, what are your favorite uh, ways to do that when you get off your get off the road do you like to lock yourself in your own house for a month and a half do you like to go on more adventures uh what does your downtime actually look like i change diapers that's exciting yeah. <laughs> hot springs oh yeah hot springs yeah body work like getting like relaxing getting some body work I, I i can't stop i just like to actually just keep going i like have a issue sitting still got issues man but on the uh, on the hot springs tip what are some of your favorite hot springs that you like to go to uh sierraville um tokity mm. used to go to harbin um or or yeah or is great um brighton bush that's in oregon um there's one more i can't remember it right now What's that one you went to? You just went, oh, what's you just, the one in, yeah, you just oh, went to one in Arizona. Eden. 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 Hot Springs, yeah. Where are these? These I've never heard of any of these places except for Sierraville. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, they're in Arizona, different parts of Oregon. Or is really close. You should go check out Or. It's really like rustic and chill. 
There's some but down at the 395 too. Yes. Have you guys been yeah, to any of those that's, down that's the 395? What I'm to think of. Uh, yeah, it's like, it's all it's near Mammoth and Bishop, uh, which is uh, where our host really? is from. So that's area. right. So I should yeah. know. On the Burning Man. He grew up in Bishop. Oh, oh nice. Yeah. Yeah, beautiful. It's Buckeye. Buckeye. Buckeye? You ever heard of that? I've heard of it, yes. Yeah. Have you heard of Buckeye Festival? It's like the survival festival where they like oh, skin yeah. animals. They teach you all these survival skills. I actually volunteered at one in North Carolina called Firefly. Oh, cool. Yeah, I was a, I was a, I was a low-level volunteer, nice. and they put me on parking assistant. Did you do some survivals? I did. I learned, how to do, I learned how to make fire uh, with friction. I know how I did a rabbit tanning deer hides with brains. What? Uh, I did a blacksmithing. I did uh, I did a couple ones. Yeah, I um, I met these uh, two awesome women when I was up working uh, out two hours down a gra- gravel road down Mendocino, uh, and they uh, they they were involved in this festival called Firefly. And when I was done, I did a really long long stint. So if anybody's sitting at the tables right now, I totally feel you feel you. Uh, and so when I, that was done, I did it for seven months. I did a six-week, 7,000-mile solo road trip around America wow. to do things I'd never done before, which was I went to see George Strait's last show. Yeah. Uh, I went to the, uh, I went to the um, Waco, Texas, Branch Davidian Memorial. Whoa, I went yeah. to Austin, Texas. I went to this festival called Firefly Gathering, cool. which was a primitive skills gathering. And there were like – it was really amazing. Like, where is that? It was outside of Asheville, Barnardsville, oh, cool. North Carolina. So yeah, really cool. I mean, such a it's like 800 people, ranging from like very young and and people you know dads with fanny packs to like literally guys with Nat Geo shows where they wear entire hides of deer that they really? you know killed yeah. and then wow. skinned and then tanned. Wow, it was really it was awesome. It was de- definitely very different for me. Nice. Yeah, a little bit of a fish out of water on that yeah. one. <laughs> Who was the headliner? <laughs> Actually. Funny you should say that because Rising Appalachia lived oh, right down the road. They played. Uh, they did a throat, or they did a singing workshop oh, actually. Cool. Yeah, nice. and the drummer uh, was doing a drum workshop. Awesome. Yeah, yeah those girls are awesome. Yeah, check yeah. out. Yeah, those, we love those girls. Yeah. We, have, we have a song with them. Yep, yeah, shout right. out to Rising Appalachia. Yeah, they're, they're who, due for another time. Yeah, we got to get here. them back yeah. around. Yeah, totally. Well, we got to hop to a break really quick, but when we get back, we're gonna go deep. Some hard oh, intellectual I we questions. No, nah, man. <laughs> but just kidding. We'll probably just go off topic again for a couple more minutes. What so. were those pills you gave us? Like, <laughs> <laughs> you gave those to me. That's why this. That's why we're so all over the place. But we'll be back. Don't turn off the podcast. Bacon. De-dust, decompress, and depressurize with Fresh Bacon, September 2nd through September 10th, 2018. Revered around the world as the midway point between the festival world and the default world, each year the Great Depressurization welcomes thousands of patrons from around the globe to celebrate international talent, world-class accommodations, and all the best Reno has to offer. To celebrate the 10th annual event in downtown Reno, Fresh Bacon has the hookup on reservations with our host hotels, the Whitney Peak Hotel, El Dorado Resort, Circus Circus, Reno and the Silver Legacy Resort Casino. To get your discounted room rates, head over to greatdepressurization.com. You can either book directly online or get the discount codes to call in for your reservation. As our ply a gift to all of our friends and fans, these discounts can be applied to any reservation between now and September 15th. For those joining us in downtown Reno for the official post-playa festivities, make sure to get your individual event tickets or purchase the late night multi-pass to get into 10 different parties for one special price. The official calendar of events is available at www.greatdepressurization.com. 
But here's a taste of what's to come. Monday, September 3rd, Welcome Party at 1UP featuring M-A-N-D-Y and Friends. Also, the Great Depressurization Pool Party Day 1, H2 Oasis 2018, hosted by Dallas Wonderland at the Sands Regency Pool from 10 a.m. to sunset. September 4th, Pool Party Day 2 at the Sands, H2 Oasis. After the sun goes down on the 4th, is one of our main headline events for 2018, Emancipator and Desert Dwellers at Cargo. Followed by three different after parties in downtown Reno. Late night at 1UP, Dirty Bird DJ Crew, Worthy, back-to-back -back with Christian Martin plus Mansion. Late night at Faces, Cirque de Free featuring Father Bear and Lance Laswell and the Vibe Tribe. Late night at the Bluebird Sound Pieces and the Great Northern Takeover. Wednesday the 5th, the Unts Warm Hole Tahoe Takeover at the Bluebird. September 8th, Reno as f three-year anniversary party. And the grand finale event Sunday, September 9th, Closey with Tor, Volo, and Bazooka Zack at the Bluebird. Mix and match the perfect depressurization 2018 for you with individual event tickets or get the late night multipass to get into all the great depressurization action for one special price. Don't forget, all the info on hotel discounts, schedule of events, and more great Reno resources are available at www.greatdepressurization.com. Hotel rooms in Reno sell out every year by Labor Day, so don't wait until you escape the mass exodus out of the desert to make your reservation. Head over to greatdepressurization.com to make your room reservations and get your late night multipass now before it's too late. And we are back. I know those commercials... They're a little bit long sometimes, but they're just so great, and they make this podcast totally possible. Uh, for our last little segment here, uh, we're going to get a little deeper into um, musical culture and politics, I think. And not the boring kind of politics, but the musical kind. Um, so my question for you guys is, what do you see in the music landscape right now that either inspires you or gives you kind of a cause for concern that we need to work on and improve upon? Is there anything that comes to mind? Inspiration, upset, uh, bad trending. Cups and plates, cups and plates to go where we got to stop the styrofoam. Yeah. We got to stop the styrofoam. It's got to be organic and it's got to be. Are you talking musically? Everything. <laughs> yeah, do you have your cups and plates? All <laughs> oh, right, sorry, sorry. Stop this. <laughs> yeah, no styrofoam. <laughs> See, I shook twins. They were awesome. That was a, a discovery I had at LIV mm. uh, recently. I'm just thinking of stuff that I heard that was inspiring. X and G, really good producers at Thunder. That was really cool. Uh, Anderson Pack was really good. Um, yeah, what were some other guys? Oh, Fever Ray was was super amazing. Just uh, rattling off some inspiring stuff. Closey. Yeah, yeah, Closey killed it. I'll think about some bitchy complaining. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think I it's in a weird place where I think like the scales of like the EDM scene and its influence on the popular music has gone really heavy, and so I think it's sort of leveling off in a way where the live music thing is coming back. Like if you look at um, Odessa's tour recently, they're sort of like at the apex of like the new EDM sound, like mixing it with like the indie rock vocals and that's melodic style. But they're like touring with a huge marching band. So they're bringing in like this live electronica thing. So I feel like, and then just seeing a lot of DJs in our scene are bringing a lot of live instrumentalists up with them when they do their show because I feel like people are longing for that in a way. So there's like this 
balance to go back to more live instrumentation, um, which is cool to see and see how that evolves and influences and mutates because I think that's just going to be a back and forth forever like with our technology and our and our live performance so it's something that's actually very inspiring to me we're seeing a lot of instruments on stage we're seeing a lot of vocalists and i think that's a great turn of events for uh i hate to use the term the scene but (laughs) music in general and live music in particular um so as far as did you guys just go to lightning in a bottle yeah we're just there performing Mm-hmm. Uh, of course um did you get to actually go see any other shows while you were there or were you stuck back I, the, that whole list that list was yeah all from yeah. anything else from anybody uh, else i didn't get to see much i was i was sleeping <laughs> <laughs> um, any other festivals you guys have got to go to so far this year that have been oh, really wait, no, i saw conbrio conbrio is a band out of oakland and they're doing some cool soul like new wave soul stuff yeah they were great um what was what did you say oh did you get to go to any other festivals this year that have been exciting or fun or noteworthy serenity gathering was cool Mm -hmm. where's serenity gathering it was on the woodward reservoir in oakdale which is kind of near sacramento um it was really chill it was just like a beautiful lake and you know a few small stages and just had a mellow vibe it was sweet. I'm a fan of the mellow vibes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it's all blur, man. It's just a big blur. Yeah. What, what, what'd you just say? <laughs> <laughs> Princess of Bali was at uh, Serenity, which is pretty cool. She's this sort of revered spiritual figurehead. She mm. kind of is like a savant. She's like a spiritual savant. Like at a very young age, she somehow mastered all these Buddhist rituals and such in some way that just blew everybody's mind you know she's just like a natural channel she's kind of like a um you know um dalai lama ish mm. character as character of, of bali and so she had a really interesting meditation piece she did and chanting she did a lot of buddhist chanting it's really powerful it's really cool and that's the what was her name again they she's i don't know her name but people call her the princess of bali it's kind of like her marker. that's that's a title yeah, it's pretty yeah. Good, right I guess like all these holy like Hindu leaders in Bali, like yeah, they she like passed all these like rituals and tests that yeah. like they're like how do you know this information? It's like, like ve- like the Vedas and like knows all this like history and like yeah. super prolific. And, and, She's got yeah, thousands of followers in Bali and a school and everything, and she just yeah. bailed on all of it and destroyed all of it to go on this walkabout around the world. So she was just gone totally nomadic yeah. and stepped yep. away from you know like all the attention from you know her own culture now. We're part of her cult now. <laughs> Little did you know this was a commercial for Scientology. I mean, actually, this is a side project. Yeah, side project. <laughs> princess of Bali. Mark, Mark is the princess of Bali, by the way. She's like, if, you, if you look closely. It's my catfish screen name. All right, well, I'm getting told we got to get you guys out of here, um, but I really appreciate you guys coming to be on the Fresh Bacon podcast with us. I'm so excited to go to you guys' show tonight. Thank you so much for coming to Reno. Do you have any parting um, messages you'd like to give to Reno, the world, the aliens listening to this podcast or other life forms? I'd like to say thanks to Steve and Fresh Bacon and like Steve's been super instrumental in the, yeah. the building yeah. of Beats Antique and Dirtwire and like so, so much love and support over the years. 
Yeah, yeah, and he's not a bad person. He's <laughs> he could generally be way okay. worse. He could be a way worse person. He's not. That's gonna be my new tagline. Yeah. yeah, I could be a way worse. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, thanks, thanks for having us. Yeah, it's thanks, been man. great. Thank you all. Until next time, guys. My name is Richard Xavier. You are listening to the Fresh Bacon Podcast, and we will be back for another episode soon. You can turn off the podcast now. Bye. Bacon.